God bless you, church. Well, be seated. I need to respond to the first service crews because they kept asking me after the first service that I mentioned five points. And uh, I only gave three of them. I mean, that's amazing. You were focusing. Isn't that? And, and, uh, and because of time constraint and kind of a setup, you know, just to make sure everybody gets the point, I found out people want more. So I'm just going to drop those additional two and then just go on to just deal with what I want to deal with this morning. You know, the tendency always, I think I alluded to this at the beginning, that when you are doing multiple services, I remember I was in uh, Indonesia and I was doing, uh, I think, seven morning service. It actually began by six o'clock in the morning. So I was preaching. Remember now the time difference. You know, I'm there. I couldn't stand like this, so I had to spread my leg in standing so that I don't fall because uh, kind of feeling the sleep. And so I finished preaching the first session. You have to go to the door. You have to stand. That is the culture. You have to shake the hands of everyone, thousands of people. And then we do the second session. Got to run back to the door, shake the hands. It got to the third. I was shaking the hands and I was sleeping. <laughs> then came back again, the fourth session, fifth, seven sessions. And when it was all over, you know, I had to go back to my hotel room and just believe for the grace of God. But the key thing I'm trying to tell you is for the seven sessions, I had to teach different subjects. Seven different subjects. Because this is what I believe. I believe that simply because God gives you a word for a group does not necessarily mean that is the same thing God wants to say for the other group. So, if you are here in the second session, I really encourage you to get the CD of the first session. Really significant. So, you're really having a double dose this morning that will really help you. So, just quickly for the first session group of people, the last session of stuff I was talking about was the five things that are released, the five capacity that are released from, 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 from focus. Okay. When a man or a woman works in focus, which is an internal concentration on that which God called you to do, and you refuse to relinquish it, there are five capacities. Capacity, by definition, is the ability or the power to perform something or to do something. Number one, I said, it releases the capacity of commitment. Number two, I said, it releases the capacity of consistency. So focus people are very consistent. Focusless people are inconsistent people. So you can be able to tell if an individual is focused by their degree of consistency. Number three is what? Is sacrifice. The capacity to sacrifice. You never sacrifice in things that you are not focused on. If you focus on a vision, on a dream, on a promise, on your spouse, on your children, the tendency is you tend to sacrifice more. And then number four is focus people releases the capacity for endurance. Endurance, that ability to stay in the game 
over and over and over and over in spite of the circumstance because you believe that the promise God has given to you is going to become a reality. You endure with your kids. You endure with your spouse. You endure with the vision, with the dream. You are focused on it and that allows you to endure. Isn't that amazing? The scripture says in the book of Revelation, it alluded to something. It says, be faithful unto death and you will wear the crown of life. The picture is be faithful to the end. That means anything and everything you embark on, it doesn't matter how difficult it is. You have to possess a level of endurance to the end so that you can see the result. And finally, it releases the capacity of loyalty. Every, every patriarch in scripture, we are loyal to the promise that was spoken to them. They were loyal to the dream. And sometimes it may not seem like the promise will become a reality. But if you remain focused to something, it actually demonstrates an aspect of loyalty in your life to that thing. You're loyal to a vision because you believe it. You're loyal to your spouse because you believe it. You're loyal to a dream, to a vision, whatever it is, because you believe it. And you stay with it, steadfast with it, until you get to that place of destination. All right? That's for the first service. And you, the second service, you had a great opportunity to enjoy the benefit from the first service. Okay? Are you breathing this morning? Okay. Now, now during the first service, I wasn't able to talk about my materials. And uh, I just want for just a few minutes to mention the significance of my materials. One of the things that I say often is when we began ministry, the Spirit of God spoke to me that he would take care of me and my wife. We take care of you. He said, don't worry, I'll take care of you. And so he said, don't be on a salary. We are not on a salary. Don't take any salary from the church. And we even put more into our local church than anybody else. Because, you see, when you work with God and you understand that God is your source. I did a series for probably nine months, you know, that God began to teach me the revelation of coming to know that it's your source. God meets every of your need. It takes revelation. You could be a Christian and still be broke. It takes a place of revelation that you get to where you absolutely come to know that God is my source. He's my source. God doesn't take care of you because of your job. The government is not your source. Your employee is not your source. Even though you derive something from there, God is your source. Can you scream this with me? God is my source. Please believe me. I'm not jiving you. When you come to a place of revelation that God is absolutely your source, you don't freak out. You don't really panic. Your needs will be completely met. So we made that covenant with God, and God blessed me with a scribe anointing. So I began to write at least, I think, two years into uh, ministry. We just began to write books. And from nowhere, there are people all over the world that are acquainted with our materials. If you ask me how they are, I don't know. They are simple to read, but very imperative material. If you've read our material, you can attest to that. But there are some key materials that really, really are very touching to my heart. If you hear me talk often, I talk about a friend. A friend that I've come to fall in love with. A friend that is the secret of every miracle and breakthrough that I've ever seen. I told you the testimony uh, uh, the last time I was here about the guy that was raised from the dead. In Indiana, yeah, it was in Indianapolis on a Sunday morning. It was because of my friend. My friend activated, uh, you know, that power to be able to get to it. And I could go on and on and on. And if you don't know him, I need you to know him. 
And uh, my friend's name is called the Holy Spirit. There is no part of the world, never been a part of the world, that we've been able to keep this book called the Holy Spirit's power. Everything you got to know about the Holy Spirit is in this book. The Holy Spirit is bigger than Shanda, 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 and tie my shoe. You know, it's bigger than that. Okay? And all we do about the Holy Spirit is just Shanda and Shanda. He's bigger than that. The Holy Spirit is really interesting. He's a person. He gives you an edge over the enemy. An edge. When you are acquainted with him and walk with him, you have an edge over the enemy. You can be able to tell what people else cannot be able to tell. I could go on. I get excited. I was preaching in Kuala Lumpur with, uh, with the Hillsong, uh, Hillsong pastor, and uh, two of us was doing the conference. And I noticed as I was preaching, he was crying. When the service was over, he ran over to me. He said, I got to talk to you. I said, what's the matter? He says, for 10 years since I've been preaching, for 10 years, I can't remember the last time that I talked about the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? You could go through churches in America. They could talk about everything else but the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not just a friend. He's the foundation of growth. He's the strength of your life. He's the source of divine breakthrough. He's the one that gives you everything that you will ever receive. And I'm telling you, it's called the anointing. The Holy Spirit is the anointing. He's the grace of God. He makes everything happen. I get excited just talking about my friend. And so we came with limited books. So please try to get this and get fall in love with him. And then we have the book on the comfort zone. I was alluding, talking about the power of focus. And talking about uh, Genesis chapter 12. How God spoke to a man from the hall of the Chaldee called Abram. And then, I, I mean, wasn't even born again. Wasn't born again. Found a man. You know, I kept wondering why didn't he choose an African. You know, why didn't he come to pick an American? He should have gone to pick a Puerto Rican, a Spanish person. I mean, why didn't he go to get a German person, you know? Have you ever thought about it? But instead, he went to the hall of the Chaldeans, Iraqi, the present Iraqi. Went and picked a man and said, I'm going to use him. When he studied the book of Genesis, the Bible makes it clear the reason he picked Abraham. He said he picked him because of one reason and one reason alone. Because he can depend on Abraham to teach his children about his ways. Isn't that amazing? Not because he was cute, he was great, he was eloquent. Not because of his kids. He just shows him, I love this boy. Because if I give him the truth, he's going to transfer it on every individual. And we are the source of the power of the transference that was on Abraham. Isn't that amazing? He went from Abraham and went to his son, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Now, isn't it amazing after Jacob, nothing else was said? Because Jacob represents the power of transformation. You can allude to Jacob as where you and I receive salvation. Just as his name was changed and he became Israel. And you and I became born again and we became translated. And you can learn about how to move from every comfort zone to the places that God called you to. Okay? Now... One of my favorite materials, somebody was asking me about something that begins from the beginning when you're born again to really be able to understand more about God. It's called the strength of spiritual authority and the anointing. You want to be able to understand how spiritual authority flows and the anointing flows. Now, I don't like to talk about this book much. I tell you what, 
One of our present best-selling books is a book written by Dr. Vicky Tetsola. You should know who that is. She's coming, she's actually coming up with another book. And she wrote a book called Keys to Live in the Supernatural Life. Powerful, powerful book. So I tried to put that behind. You finish buying all my books, then her books. The Keys to Live in the Supernatural Life. The role of the power of love in living the supernatural life. Isn't that amazing? How love or faith worketh by love. You can't walk in effective faith without the spirit of love. Now, in Indiana, in Indianapolis, uh, uh, when I was ministering, when the man, you know, got resurrected from the dead uh, on a Sunday morning, I was actually dealing on something which is significant. Um, and uh, I wrote a couple of it in this book. It's called The Kingdom Life Itself. The principle of how we live our life is that everything in the physical is subject to change. I just want that to digest in you for a few hours. Everything in the physical is subject to change. So that's why you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to panic. So the doctor says you have cancer. Instead of you thinking of death, it is subject to change. The reason you fear is because you don't understand the dynamics of the spirit realm. Even though you are a spirit, you don't understand the dynamics of the spirit realm. If you understand the dynamics of the spirit realm, you will understand that you don't need to be afraid of anything physical. The only thing you ought to be afraid of is something spiritual. Because everything you see is subject to change. Subject to change. How do you change it? You have to know how to ascend into the spirit realm. Change it there. When you change it there, it got changed here. That's the way it works. Are you breathing this morning? So when, when, when the disciples told Jesus, he said, please teach us how to pray. Jesus said, okay, I'll teach you. He began this way. Our Father who art in heaven. That means everything begins from there down here. When he tells you how to bind and lose, if you read it in the Amplified Translation, he says, whatever is bound in heaven, he's then bound on what? Earth. Whatever is loose in where? In heaven. He's then loose where? On earth. It begins from there before it gets manifested. So if I lay my hands on you, I'm praying for you when you're sick. You think I'm praying for the sickness. I'm addressing the spirit realm. I break hold of it, lose it, and I command you now to be healed. But if I don't change it in the spirit, nothing happens in the physical. Are you clear? Just understand the dynamics of the spirit and you, you don't freak out. The enemy can't kill you when he wants to kill you. And how he wants to kill you, you have a say. The enemy can't do what he wants to do when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it. Don't be afraid. He can't do that. Some of you are looking at me. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. The enemy can't do that. He doesn't have that kind of power. You are a spirit. You, are, you just have to have a revelation of who you are. It is the revelation of who you are that empowers you to function in a higher dimension of operation that the enemy becomes fearful about. Wow, okay. You could vote on that later. You know, in Africa, when the witch doctor comes to you and says they'll kill you tomorrow, you better take it serious. You better take it serious. 
Because what they're simply saying is this. We're going to move into the spirit realm. And we're going to change everything. And give it five days. What is changed will become manifested. It's the same thing. It is the same thing. It's just that that's an evil spirit. And you are a good spirit. Two kinds of spirit. Holy spirit. And evil spirit. Isn't that true? Talk back to me. Isn't that true? Okay. And you are a spirit. Say with me, I'm a spirit. I know you look white, you're still a spirit. And I know you look black, you're still a spirit. (laughs) It doesn't matter the color of your skin, you're still a spirit. I am a spirit. I have what? A soul. And I just live in a body. So the real you is a what? So function from your spirit. And then there is the book on leadership. If you are a leader, I really encourage you to, to get it. And part of what I'm talking about, about spirit, we only have, I think, two copies or three. They call, it's called contending for the supernatural. Nothing exists in the physical unless you contend for it. To contend for something simply means to lay claim on that which originally belongs to you. It belongs to you, so you got to lay claim on it. Okay? Now, I want you to prepare yourself because I want to go through a couple of scriptures. And then I want to lay some things in you. And I believe that this morning some of you will find the secret of being able to unleash some things from the spirit realm into the physical realm. It is imperative that you understand it. Because I'm tired of people saying, I don't see result. And sometimes it bothers me because it is the same God that we serve. And you have a right to see result. Even though you don't gravitate towards result, One plus one ought to be what? Two. That's the way it works. So there ought to be some form of result when you walk the kingdom of God. All right? Okay? So we're going to just go through some scriptures and I'm going to lay the foundations to you. Now, this is my objective this morning. I want to deal with the kingdom dynamics. The kingdom dynamics that produces increases on the earth. The kingdom dynamics that produces increases on the earth. My wonderful brother there, if you can just increase my volume a little. Because when I leave you here, I'm flying somewhere else again to preach. Okay? So the kingdom dynamics that produces increases on the earth. My objective is threefold this morning. Number one, I want to look at what the kingdom is all about. Because you will never be able to uh, uh, demonstrate anything physical on earth. Unless you understand the essence of the spirit realm. We want to look at what the kingdom is all about. The dynamics of the kingdom of God. And the importance of the kingdom of God to every single individual that is born again. The second objective is we want to look at the four mandates from kingdom translation. Kingdom translation simply means when you are born again, the Bible says you get translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. There are four mandates that every single believer that have experienced that translation need to embrace. And then finally, the third objective, we want to look at the eight, there are eight dynamics Eight dynamics that you can activate at every given moment. Every time you walk it, it produces a result. Just like you walk over to the switch, you flick the switch, what do you expect? Light. You don't expect darkness. 
when you flick a switch. Because you understand that when you flick the switch, there got to be light there. That's the same way with the working of the kingdom of God. You know, sometimes in the spirit realm, it is almost like a rain in a bubble, a bubble over a church. And that bubble can remain over the atmosphere of a church for years until someone understands how to be able to poke into it and cause the rain or the water or the favor to begin to come upon the church. You have a right. You have a right to live beyond where you are. You have a right to live in a dimension that is greater than a dimension that you have ever witnessed. So let's track now, okay? Objective number one. God's desire in these seasons of our life, his desire in these seasons of our life, whether corporately or individually, is for you and I to see the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Whether you believe it or not, he's still, that is still his desire. So when a season comes into your life, his desire is, I want everything about the kingdom that is meant for that season to become a reality. That means when you are in a season, there has to be a level of expectation about what you believe God can do and what you believe God will do for you. But in order for this to become a reality, and this is where we have the problem. In order for it to become a reality, you have to have an understanding about the dynamics of the kingdom. There are dynamics of the kingdom that makes the kingdom to become a reality. Let me give you an example. If you buy a new car and you tell me the car is outside, and I mean you talk about how great the car is, if you open the, uh, the door of the car and sit in the car, and if you are not able to uh, uh, walk the car and drive the car, it means nothing. Cars are dynamics. Uh, planes are dynamics. Uh, the everything that operates has some level of dynamics for you to be able to activate movement or to be able to see advancement. Everything that takes place in our life has some level of dynamics. So there are three keywords I want you to understand real quickly. Three of them. Okay? Number one, the first word is going to be the word, the kingdom of God. You need to understand what the kingdom is in order to be able to express it. The second word we're going to look at is the word dynamics so that you can understand how it is activated. The third word that we'll look at is the word increase. Increase, addition, multiplication, advancement. This should be the languages you should be speaking in this season. Not decrease, not subtraction, but increase because that's the language of the kingdom. And you have a right to activate what it takes to see these happen in your life. Now, let's track with the scripture. Now, we go first to John chapter 3 verse 16. Every individual can be able to explain what John 3 16 is. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that true? Now, because he gave his only begotten son, when you and I embrace him, guess what? The Bible says, we become born again. Please go with me. As simple as it is, I'm taking you somewhere. You become born again, okay? Now, when you are born again, it means your spirit becomes regenerated. Now, your thinking is still the same. Your soul is still the same. But your spirit is already regenerated. Now, go with me now to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. So, we see John 3, 16. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, he says, Now, when we get born again, guess what the scripture says? We become what? A new creature. 
We become a new creature. We become a new creature. Old things, the Bible says, are passed away. 3.16 says God sent his son and the encounter of his son caused us to be born again. And when we get born again, 5.17 of Corinthians says, our spirit gets regenerated. Now go to Colossians now. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, now this is what he says. He says, now we get translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. Are you with me this morning? Let's go back to 316. I got born again because his son came. 2517 of Corinthians says, my spirit man become regenerated. Colossians 1.13 says, I got translated. I am moved from one kingdom to another kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm not in an old kingdom anymore. I'm in a new kingdom. So my thinking has to come into alignment with the new kingdom that I'm in. God is not an American. It's not an African. It's not a Caribbean. God is the God of the kingdom that you have been translated in. And so my mindset and my thinking has to be realigned and adjusted to that kingdom. Okay? Now go with me now to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 to verse 21. Now this is where it gets better. Now in Luke 17, 20 to 21, the Bible tells us the location of the kingdom. That the kingdom is not outside of you. Guess where the kingdom is? The kingdom is inside. The kingdom. So that means I am a carrier of the kingdom. When I came from New York, the kingdom came to Indiana. When you go to your job each morning, you take the kingdom there. It doesn't matter what the atmosphere looks like, how horrible your boss is, how stupid the atmosphere smells. It doesn't matter the condition. The moment the kingdom shows up, everything comes into compliance. Mm, 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 mm. Are you breathing this morning? You are a carrier of the kingdom. A carrier of the kingdom. When I step on the plane, it doesn't matter who is depressed, who is discouraged. It doesn't matter what the atmosphere is. The kingdom just show up. Good morning, Mr. Kingdom. Good morning, stewardess. Here come Mr. Kingdom. I carry the kingdom of God with me. You carry the kingdom of God with you. Wherever the kingdom is, there is always the king of the kingdom. Are you listening to me? I say wherever the kingdom is, there is always the king of the kingdom. And the king of the kingdom brings domination wherever the kingdom is. Now, flow with me. Now, Matthew chapter 6. Now, remember now, I will track it. John 3, 16. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Then we go to Colossians 1, 17. Uh, uh, 1, 13. We get translated. Then we looked at Luke 17, 20 to 21. That tells us the location of the kingdom. Now in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Because the kingdom is in you, the Bible says you must make the kingdom a priority now. Make the kingdom a priority. The kingdom must become a big deal to you. In everything you do, everything you say, how you walk, it ought to be a priority. And so the Bible puts it this way. He said, now seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what will happen? Every other thing that you expect in and believe in God for will become a reality in your life. And then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. We're going to put all this together. 
First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. Now this is what he talks about, which is so cool. He says, now, the kingdom is not in words. It is not just in a physical expression. The kingdom is in what? It is in demonstration of God's power. It is in demonstration. Do you really understand what that means? It means when I show up, every spirit that I've held people in bondage ought to submit to the power of God. Because the kingdom is not expressed just in words. It is not just in your teaching. It is expressed in the demonstration of the power of God. When power shows up, people recognize the kingdom of God. This is what you got to understand. People don't respect eloquent and your great humanetics and homiletics. People on earth only respect power. Mm -hmm. Power. When you finish talking, when power comes, all of a sudden people bow. Okay? If you don't respect power, I flick this light on, your eyes goes dark until after a while. Power gets attention. When the sick gets healed, all of a sudden, the attention of people is God. When there is a deliverance that takes place, the attention of people is God. When people see the expression of power, I told you the story of Peter Marysburg in South Africa when I was ministering, and how that lady flew in, just vanished from nowhere, and sat on my seat. And sat there and nobody saw her until my friend, the Holy Spirit, spoke to me and said, who is that? And before we could complete our statement, she vanished from the service. Vanished. Nobody saw her. But I told the people, I said, stand up. I said, in one minute, we're going to pray and we're going to command her to fly back in. That's power. Are you listening to me? That's power. When she showed back up, after 30 minutes of me preaching, the place went crazy. People only honors power. You can speak and give a good message, and everybody may go and cry and all of that, but change doesn't take place unless there is a demonstration of power. And the Bible says the kingdom is not just in expression of your words. It comes with what? Power. Why? Because you are a carrier of it. You are a carrier of it. If you are a carrier of the kingdom, that means you are a carrier of power. And you got to give yourself the opportunity to be able to activate the power of God and see the demonstration. You start in your home by rebuking those headache, those pain. Those stuff that you experience. Instead of running to Tylenol and Advil, nothing wrong with that. But instead of you first running to it, practice power in your own body and faith will come alive in you. And when faith begins to come alive in you, you'll find that the courage to step out and begin to see the power of God becomes easy. Okay? Now, finally, the, uh, the final scripture is Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12, verse 25 to 28. Very key. Now notice what the scripture says. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if you cast out devils, the kingdom of God comes. 
if you cast out devils, the kingdom of God. If you read it from verse 25 to verse 28, you will see the expression. That the way that the kingdom of God shows up is when deliverance, when freedom takes place in the lives of people. Every time freedom comes, the kingdom comes. A man that is bound, if you're bound, you're not experiencing the kingdom. If you're bound, if you're sick, if you're depressed, you suffer from anxiety, you're not enjoying the kingdom because the kingdom is peace, it's joy, it's righteousness, it's healing. The kingdom is the essence of everything that Christ accomplished on the cross. And so when you express all of that, you are expressing the kingdom of God. So now let's find out what is this kingdom? What do we mean by the kingdom? And sometimes when we talk about the kingdom, it looks so really vague and looks so big that sometimes people get confused. So what do we mean by the kingdom? There are a couple of things. Number one, the kingdom of God is a community of people on earth in which the will of God is done like it is done in heaven. It is a community of people. Just like we have here in Livingstone. In you reside the kingdom. So when we all gather together, we see a kingdom expression. The second is the kingdom of God is God's plan. God's plan, God's way, God's method, and God's process of doing things. So that means if I'm a carrier of the kingdom, I have God's plan in me. Isn't that true? I have God's method in me. I have God's way of doing things in me. That means I have ability to be able to unleash all of this into existence in my life. I'm not cuckoo or lulu. You know, I'm creative. I'm insightful because you carry the kingdom. You carry the plan of God. You carry the method of God. You carry the process in accomplishing. It is all in you. I say it is all where in you. It is not in someone else. It is in you. But you got to become conscious that that's what you carry. Number, number three, the kingdom of God is the domain of God. It is the rule of God. It is the reign of God. Number four, the kingdom of God is in you. It means that the ability to embrace the ways of God is in you. Okay? Now, we look at the word, the second word, the word dynamics. Because if you really don't understand these three words, you will not be able to understand what the Spirit of God is trying to communicate to you this morning. The second word is the word dynamics. Dynamics is simply the way or the process at which a thing works. That's what dynamics is. Everything has a way or a process. There's a way cars work for you to be able to drive the car. There's a way you open the door. You got to put the key in and then you open the door. If you don't put, a, uh, put the key in the door that deserves a key, you will not be able to open the door. So everything has a dynamics. There is a process at which a thing works. In other words, it is the pattern or the process of doing something. God has a pattern. He has a process of doing what he intends to do for you. The third word is the word increase. Now, how many of you here love increase? Everybody, I didn't see no hands, but everybody loves increase. I've never seen a believer who loves decrease. They love advancement, multiplication, addition. 
Everywhere you go, you look for enlargement. In fact, if we sneak into your secret prayer, part of your prayer is always increase, increase, increase. You know, success, success, success. So what do we mean by increase? Increase just simply means advancement. Advancement in every single areas of your life. Every areas. God wants you to advance. In Second Chronicles 20, 20, the Bible says, Believe in the Lord and thou shalt be established. Then he says, believe his prophet and that shall prosper. That word prosper is a word that means to be thrust forward. T-H-R-O-U-S-T. That's what it means, to be thrust forward. It is a word that means to advance, to increase. When you believe the word of the prophet that lines up with the word of God, the Bible says... You get trusted forward. That means you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. You begin a process of advancement, a process of increase, and a process of multiplication that takes place in your life. Now, remember all of these three things that I just explained. Objective number two. The second objective is the four mandates from kingdom translation. When I get born again, 316 of John, and then when I get translated Colossians 1.13 from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son, the Bible says I move from an old kingdom into a new kingdom. I love that. I love that. See, you may not see it, but it's a dynamics that takes place in the spirit. You move from one place to another and you become a new creature. Another translation says, you become a new species. As if you were just recently born. That you never existed before. When you experience that, there are four mandates that accompanies it. You see, the knowledge and the revelation of truth that you possess gives you the audacity to be able to deal with the circumstances that the enemy brings into your life. Are you listening to me? He gives you that audacity. I remember, you know, we bought our condominium years ago when we recently got married. And uh, we were sleeping. I was in the bed sleeping. You know, sometimes you can tell when somebody's looking at you, right? You know, somebody's looking at you and you aren't looking at them. It's almost like a high that just that releases, um, you know, just, um, you know, release pressure. You talk now. Immediately, you know, you could see the person. It's just something you can be able to tell. And so, I was sleeping. My wife was sleeping. And right in my sleep, I jumped up. Because I felt someone was looking at me. And uh, when I jumped up, there was this huge demonic spirit that stood close to my bed just looking at me. Oh, I was mad. I was upset. I didn't freak out. I didn't panic because I understood when I got translated, they were for mandate. I was given as a believer. I got up from my bed and I spoke to that spirit. I said, why are you here? He he said, I have the right to be here. I said, no, baby, you ain't got no right to be here. You getting out of here. I rebuked that thing, and I never will forget. Just like a little kid that has a tantrum. No, 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 no. He kept moving, but he kept having that tantrum. No, no, no. I said, you getting out. 
you getting out. I, I mean, I pushed that devil out and right out of the door. I didn't know where he went to. He probably went to the next neighbor. I didn't care if he went to the next neighbor. So I found out later on that the previous owner of the apartment died in the apartment and practiced some demonic spirits there. See, sometimes you can possess somewhere or someplace where a spirit has resided. And that is why you have to understand how to clean an atmosphere before you ever go in. Because the atmosphere that is there, you have the potential to connect to it. But the reason I'm telling you the story is that authority. That authority. You, you crazy? You, you hear? What's wrong? You must be on drug. Get out of here. See, but some Christians will be afraid. <laughs> you panicky, panicky for what? Did Jesus ever die for you to freak out? He didn't die for you to freak out. He died for you with boldness, with audacity. You know, the devil recognizes when a believer is bold. Boldness is not screaming. You can scream and yet be afraid inside. Boldness is a sound that comes from the depth of your diaphragm. That the enemy can recognize he is a man of authority. He is a man that understands authority. You can hear the sound. If a person resists you right now, out of the revelation and insight of the knowledge of a thing, you can tell. But if a person is afraid, you can also tell. Even though they're saying the same things, you could tell. Because one comes from the depth of that diaphragm. How dare you? How how, how dare you? Get out! No, no. No, like a little kid with a tantrum. I mean, I drove that joker out. <laughs> Went through that door. I'm sorry. He, he probably flew into some neighbor's place and just said, okay, they don't want me here. I'll go into the next person's apartment. And if the next person don't know how to deal with that spirit, that spirit resides there. So these are the four mandates. Number one, we become entitled. Once you get translated, we become entitled. We become entitled to everything that the first Adam lost. The moment you get translated, you become entitled to everything that the first Adam lost. The first Adam lost the right to the kingdom and all its benefits. So now that you are translated, you become entitled to everything that he lost. Number two, we become legal owners to everything that Christ died for on the cross. You become a legal owner. Healing belongs to you. Deliverance belongs to you. Favor belongs to you. It is not just a head knowledge. It is an application of it. Number three, we become mandated to demonstrate and to manifest our legal right through practical living experience. And that means that you see it work on your behalf. I lay hands on the sick. The sick must be healed. Must be healed. I pray for something. That thing must happen. Because it is your right. Are you listening? You are Americans. You Americans, you know your right too much. The land of the free and the home of the brave. 
Every little thing. He read me my right. No, that's my right. That's my right. That's my right. You ought to know your right in the kingdom. We know our right so much as Americans when it comes to the kingdom, we act like we don't even know our right. You got more right in the kingdom than being an American. And when you come to know that, you will enjoy the life of the kingdom and excel in every single area. And you will become the envy of people, even of Christians. Number four, we also become mandated to the law of appropriation. The law of appropriation. Now check this out. The law of appropriation says, because I'm born again, I can demand and I can live out any, at any given time the physical manifestation of what belongs to me. The law says because I am born again and because I know Christ, I can demand anything that lines up with God's word. I'm not afraid to talk about prosperity because it belongs to me. It doesn't matter how you hate money. I don't hate money. I love money. Okay? Okay. But because it belongs to me. I don't run after it. I'm not addicted to it. But money, Ecclesiastic says, answereth all things. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible promises me that prosperity belongs to me. He also promised me that healing belongs to you. He also promised that you have a right not to live in bondage. You have a right not to live in bondage. Okay? So if you are bound by the enemy and you are sick in your body and you are depressed, whether clinically or unclinically, whatever the situation, he said you have a right not to be bound. So the question is this. If the prison door is open, why are you sitting in jail? Are you listening to me? I said the question is, if the prison door is open, why are you still sitting in jail? And some of the reasons is this. You become so addicted to bondage or jail until when you are free, you fail to embrace freedom. You fail to embrace freedom. I came to charge you this morning and to wake you up to a new way of living. The high life. Everybody say the high life. Don't be afraid to say that the high life. It is the life where the serpent cannot touch you. Uh-huh. The serpent, the devil, he can't bite you. It is a place of living where divine protection becomes evidence in your life. Because you love the Lord. You embrace his word. His word becomes a reality in your life. And you are passionate about serving God. And every time you lift to the high life. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be a young guy, a young boy, a young girl. You could live this life. The only qualification is what I just read for you. 316 of John. You know, translated into the kingdom of, of God, recreated in your spirit, you meet that qualification, you can walk out of every jail. Every jail. Cancer, you get out of it. Generational cause, you get out of it. See, the reason some of us are afraid of certain things, you've never seen anyone heal of something around you. Because you've never seen anyone heal of anything significant around you, you believe God doesn't do that. God genuinely heals people. Not fake. Genuinely heals people. God genuinely delivers people. The God you serve is not just the God of Indiana. Not the God of Indiana Jones. 
He's the mighty God of the universe. He's the God, when he shows up, <laughs> when he shows up, all of a sudden things start moving. As a thing start moving, your marriage may be horrible and all you need is just a wind. Just a wind that blows into it. And all of a sudden, things get turned around. It gets turned around. And solution becomes obvious to you. And you begin to see the hand of the Lord working in every area. I prophesy this to you, that in the coming weeks, the things that have been broken will be repaired. Mm-hmm. The things that is out of line will come into adjustment. The doors that have been closed for years will begin to open for you. The areas that you've never received a relief in, you're going to release, receive freedom. I release that into your spirit. That a new day comes upon you. A new day, a new day, a new day comes upon you. You will feel a sense of refreshing. You will enjoy your Christian life. Your Christian life will become a reality again. It won't just be church, 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 church. It will be kingdom, 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 kingdom. You will begin to experience the life of the kingdom becoming a reality in your life. If you believe that, give God a shout. (laughs) I, I, I told you. Something good is going to happen to you this morning. Something good is going to take place. You see, the sheep, the sheep is shifting. The sheep is shifting. It is shifting. It is heading towards the direction that God has ordained for this season. And everyone in the sheep got to come into alignment. And just follow that direction. Because as the ship goes, so goes your victory. So goes your success. So goes your breakthrough. Now, I want to, I want to wrap this up now. The third objective, which is significant above all. Uh, there are eight key dynamics. Remember what dynamics are. Without dynamics, you cannot activate the kingdom of God. Just without the dynamics, you cannot activate a car. You cannot fly a plane. You cannot open the door. There are eight dynamics. And I want you to be really, really mindful of this. Number one, the first dynamics is you must recognize the mechanism of the kingdom. You will never be able to see kingdom appearance in your life unless you understand the mechanism of the kingdom. Okay? The word mechanism is simply the process or the technique for achieving a result. Now, understand the technique of the kingdom. The kingdom has a mechanism of operation. The mechanism of the kingdom is that everything God does on earth begins first in the spirit realm. Say amen to that. Everything God does on earth begins first in the spirit realm. You got to buy into it. You got to embrace it. You got to fall in love with it. You got to have a revelation of it because that is where it begins. If you don't believe that everything here begins first in the spirit realm, you aren't getting nothing from God. The Bible says, and my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in Citibank of America. <laughs> or according to your favorite bank. No. He says, and my God 
shall supply all of my need according to his riches. Where? In glory. See, the need is here, but the ability to meet the need is there. And so what God does is to get the answer from there than here. That is the mechanism. It applies to your healing. It applies to your breakthrough. Every single aspect of your life that you will experience falls into this category. So the first thing is to understand the mechanism that everything God does on earth first begins in the spirit realm before it ever becomes a reality in the physical realm. Number two, the second dynamics that you must recognize is you must recognize the nature of the kingdom. The nature, N-A-T-U-R-E, the nature of the kingdom. The nature of a thing is the essential qualities or attribute of that thing. That's what the word nature means. But now, the nature of the kingdom is increase. The nature of the kingdom is increase and not decrease. It is enlargement and expansion. It is fruitfulness and not barrenness. It is abundance and prosperity and not poverty and not lack. And I'm going to make this statement. It needs to sink into your spirit. It is illegal and abnormal to live in decrease and poverty in the kingdom. Because it violates the nature of the kingdom. The nature of the kingdom is increase. That's the nature of the kingdom. It is enlargement. It is growth. It is maturity. Anything else is a violation. It is illegal. So when you experience decrease, you have a right to rebuke the enemy. Because I understood the nature of the kingdom. When sickness comes against your body and try to steal your finances, you have a right to rebuke the enemy. Everything contrary to the nature of the kingdom, you ought to rebuke it. See, the moment you have a revelation of this, nobody can persuade you. You can't come and tell me God wants me to decrease because I understand the nature of the kingdom. It is the story in Matthew chapter 25. We don't have time to read the long story in Matthew chapter 25. When the the master gave talents to the three of them, he gave one five, gave another one two, and gave another one one. He sent them out to make investment. The one with the five talents, what did he do? He invested, he got increase. The one with the two talents, what did he do? He invested, he got increase. But oh baby, the one with the one talent refused to invest it. He hid that talent. And when the master came back, the master did not say, hi baby, I love you so much for you just keeping it. The Bible says, he says, you lazy, sloppy, agape Christian, you, you know, What's the matter with you? If you don't even believe me and you don't like me and you think I'm this, can't you at least put that one talent in the bank? You know, so that when I show up, my one talent will have some increase. 
That's because the nature of the kingdom is always increased. It's not decreased. There is no angel clapping for you when you get sick or when you get depressed or when you are in decrease. No, they're shouting to you, get a revelation. Get up. Get increased. Grow. That's what they're shouting. You think they're shouting? Oh, baby, 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 I understand. Stay. No. No. Jesus is telling them, wake him up. Wake him up quickly. Wake him. I don't know what's happening to me. What are you looking for? Pity? Ain't nobody going to pity you. Huh? Why do you need pity when you got the authority to get out of it? No. You say, hey, wake up. Stand in the power of your might. Get the devil off your back. See, the devil won't leave you if you don't get him off your back. You think the devil leave politely? Hey, devil, can you please leave? Please, 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 please. I'm just tired of you. No, he doesn't like that. The language you understand is in that name. They're in that name. That name. Get out. You think that demonic spirit would have left? Demon. Demon. What's your name, demon? <laughs> he probably would say, my name is James. James, can you please leave? I'll give you two dollars, please. No. He needs strength. He needs power. He needs authority. The one that was bestowed on you when you got translated and when you speak, heaven goes, mm-hmm. That's heaven just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then hell shake. Where did he get it from? Where did he get it from? I dare you, when you leave this service this morning, you turn into a giant killer. The devil will say, please don't come near me. Please wait for three weeks until Dr. Tetzola leave. <laughs> Just wait for three weeks because you're going to forget all the teachings already. You're not going to buy the CD. You're not going to listen to the CD. And so you're going to forget. Then I can come back because right now your faith is alive. Faith is alive in you. There is a boldness and courage and confidence in you. You become a giant killer. But you got to keep that spirit with you when you leave because this is who you are. Number three, the third, you must recognize the strength of the kingdom. Okay? The strength of the kingdom, the strength of a thing is the quality that allows someone to deal and to undo problems a different way. So the strength of the kingdom is sacrifice. The strength of the kingdom that you are part of is sacrifice. There is nothing that happens in the kingdom without sacrifice. So this is how God lays it down. He lays it with his son Jesus. He, he, that becomes the foundation. I sacrifice my boy for you. You came in. Now, I don't care if you're European, if you're German, if you're Polish, if you're African, if you're Caribbean, if you're Spanish, you're going to sacrifice. When you get translated, he say, welcome in, baby. Get on the line. Because the strength of the kingdom, the reason the kingdom is alive is because of sacrifice. If you don't make sacrifice, you can't build anything of significance. Not this church, not your marriage, not even a business. Nothing exists in absence of sacrifice. It is the strength of the kingdom. You cannot prosper if you are not willing to make sacrifice. Number four, quickly. 
You must recognize the anointing of the kingdom. The anointing of the kingdom is gifts. Gifts is the anointing of the kingdom. Number five, you must recognize the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the kingdom is service. You serve. The way God promotes in the kingdom is not who you know. It's not your friend. You serve in the kingdom. That's the culture of the kingdom. Well, I love living stone, and I think God is going to promote me. That's true. Get behind. Go clean some bathroom. Get some bathroom. Clean some bathroom. Vacuum some floor. Do some. Because the culture of the kingdom is what? Service. That is how God promotes in the kingdom. That's the culture. So when you come around people of the kingdom, they are servants. They're not arrogant. They're not pompous. They serve. You always serve your way into authority. You always serve your way into position. Whatever you need in life, you serve your way into it because that's the culture of the kingdom. Okay? Number six. I'm wrapping up very quickly. Number six. You must recognize the destruction of the kingdom. As great as the kingdom is, the kingdom can be destroyed. And the destruction of the kingdom is fear. The destruction of the kingdom is fear. It doesn't matter what God promises you. As great as what God promises you, when fear comes, everything gets weakened. Matthew 25, the same story that I just told you. When that man with the one gift was asked, why didn't you invest it? He said, because I was afraid. I was, I was afraid. That's why I did it. The destructions of the kingdom. Anything God intends to do in your life, what destroys is, is fear. You know, if you don't deal with fear, fear will deal with you. The Bible says God has not given you. He has not given you. That does not mean fear will not come. It means that God hasn't given you. So when fear tries to come to you, tell fear, I'm not taking you because you've not been given to me. The Bible says God hasn't given you fear, but he has given you power. He's given you love and he's given you what? A sound mind, not a cuckoo mind. Okay, a sound mind, a mind that is clear, not a mind that is anxious. Not the man that is depressed. Not the mind that is worried. People of God, this is your God. I'm talking from the Bible. He has given you a clear mind. You can think right. You can strategize right. And when the enemy attacks you with fear, he has, he's attacking you with the most powerful force that destroys the kingdom. You need to stand on your feet and rebuke the devil and let the devil know, I ain't got no fear. I'm not afraid of you because every time fear comes in, faith leaves. Every time fear comes in, faith leaves because fear and faith cannot and will not live together. So if you are afraid, whatever you are afraid of this morning, whatever the enemy has said to you, and plague your mind with, and is plaguing your mind with, as I speak right now, I command the power of God to come upon you, and break that fear, and destroy the fear. I lose you to freedom, and to deliverance, in the name of Jesus. It's your inheritance. Do you know it's your inheritance? Number seven, just two more, we wrapped up. Number seven, you must recognize the currency of the kingdom. And then adequately use it. 
The kingdom has a currency. Just like America has a currency. <laughs> Isn't that true? You got a dollar, yeah. You go to Europe, you got a euro. You go to England, you got the sterling, the pounds. You go to Mexico, you got the pesos. And we could go on and on to various countries. The currency. A currency is what enables you to make exchange. If you walk into another man's country and you don't have the currency, they're not going to make an exchange with you. You got to change. <laughs> you got to change your dollars into their currency in order to be able to make an exchange. Kingdom as a currency. And the currency of the kingdom is faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom, which implies that you got to trust God and have confidence and believe what God says he will do and you got to step out when you believe it and as you step out, exchange is made to you. But God will never make an exchange in your life without the currency of what? Faith. The Bible says without faith, it is what? Impossible. Impossible to please God. That means you ain't got nothing from God. Because he that comes to God must first believe that God is God. And then number two, that God is a rewarder of them not that seek him, but that diligently, meticulously, orderly, focusedly seek him. That's the currency of the kingdom. So you got to make sure your words are right. The Bible said there is that that speaketh like the piercing of the sword. He said the mouth of the righteous produces health. You got to think right. You got to speak right. Everything you do got to be right. Got to be done in faith. Mark eleven twenty three says, uh, he said, Verily, verily, I say to you, if you will say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but you believe that everything you say shall come to pass, you shall have what you say. That was the introduction of Jesus Christ to the disciples about the God kind of faith. That's the currency. So you could come and cry. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Please, please, please. When you finish all your tears and cry, get in line. You got to operate in faith. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Okay, I know you love me. Without faith. Without faith. The currency of exchange. How you extract from the kingdom has to do with what? Faith. You got to have a lifestyle of faith. Hebrews 11 will tell you the men and the women. The Bible says, by faith or motivated by faith, Noah. By faith or motivated by faith, Abraham. Think about it. Hebrews 11, 11 says, motivated by faith, Sarah. When she put Hebrews 11, 11, my brother, my brother, put Hebrews 11, 11 on the Amplified Translation there. He says, motivated by faith, this old woman, this old woman, by faith, received physical strength in her body. Look at, amplify, amplify translation. By faith, even Sarah herself, 
received the ability to conceive the child. Even when she was long past the normal age for it. Because what? Because she considered him who had given her the promise to be what? Reliable and true to his word. It was by faith. Finally, the last one. You must recognize the creative power of the kingdom. Look at me. The creative power of the kingdom uh, is your words. Uh, it's your words. The creative power of the kingdom. How to frame what you want from the spirit realm is your words. You got to wash how you speak. Oh, my back is killing me. Shut up. Your back isn't killing you. Stop talking like that. Line your tongue with the word of God. Because you shall get what you want if you keep speaking like that. Because the creative power of the kingdom is words. That's the way God created everything. So even though you feel something. You just say, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, because you're healing me and you're touching me right now. Thank you, Lord. We've seen increase. The church is growing. The church has been enlarged. We're not going to complain. We're not going to be depressed. Oh, we got finances in our account. You speak with your mouth what you expect to become manifested for the kingdom of God. I feel good this morning because the presence of God is all over this place. I want you to stand on your feet this morning. As you stand on your feet, I want you to expect. Expect. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Every change that has ever taken place, every breakthrough that has ever happened, happened because the people expected. You expect. Expect to be healed. Expect to be delivered. Expect a change coming to this church. Coming to your marriage, to your family. Coming to your business. Coming to your health. Expect something. Give God something to work with. And lift up your hands and begin to worship him. I see the glory of God all over this place. I see the presence of God all over this place. Father, I pray for everyone this morning that have heard the sound of your voice. And the sound of your voice have imparted their spirit. I address every condition, every circumstances, every situations, every attacks of the enemy. In that name that is above every name, I rebuke sicknesses. I rebuke the spirit of depression, of discouragement, of worriness, of anxiety, every confusion. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I command the presence of your anointing to come upon the lives of your people. Let yokes be broken. Yokes be broken. Yokes be broken. Let freedom come. I declare resurrection. 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 A new lifting up. New lifting up. Where there was no joy, I declare joy. Where there was no hope, I declare hope. I declare a new confidence. I declare that the spirit of fear is broken and destroyed. Oh God, I declare this morning that this church 
living stone will never be the same again. That a new anointing has come upon this house. A new glory has come upon this house. A new favor has come upon this house. A new increase has come upon this house. I prophesy it and I declare it. I command the angels of God to be activated on behalf of this ministry and on behalf of the people of God to make sure that the will of the Father is accomplished. Father, I thank you. I thank you that everyone that will walk into this building, old members, present members, new people that will come in, they will sense your power. They will feel your glory. And every yoke immediately will be lifted. Burdens will be broken and destroyed. I speak freedom now. I speak prosperity. A new era of prosperity. A new era of visitation to come upon this house and everyone upon this house. Father, I declare it and I decree it to be so in Jesus' name. Now lift those hands and just begin to worship him. I want you to worship him. There is nobody else in this building but just you and the mighty Holy Spirit. Only you and the Holy Spirit. Worship him for the wonderful things that he's doing on your behalf. For the breakthrough that is happening. For the divine visitation. Because your life will never be the same again. Something new, something fresh, something good has come upon you and has come upon this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you. We are glad. We are excited. We bless you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Come on, put those hands together and bless the Lord. Oh, come on. Bless the Lord. God is a good God. He is a good God. God is a good God. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Now listen to me before I'm seated. Now, I've done my job. I've spoken to you. Be seated. You know, I've released the mind of God to you. When the service is over, don't run out. See those books table there? We want you to go back there. We don't want to go to New York with any book. You see, if I sowed into your life by declaring the truth of God's word... It is mandatory that you sow back into my life. That's the way the kingdom works. Because what you make happen for someone, guess what is going to happen? God is going to make happen for you. I feel good this morning. I just feel the glory of God all over this place. Thank you, church. Bless you again. Let's just receive.